Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. series and um, Sam kicked us off by talking about camels and then Elena followed on and talked about donuts last week and I am talking today about mites. Uh, Not the itchy type that uh, makes your skin crawl uh, but some denomination of money uh, that depicts the smallest amount uh, that was around in Jesus' day. It wasn't actually called that in Jesus' day. It was called that in the King James Bible, but we've kind of latched onto that and called it the widow's mites. And uh, so I am talking about that today. Two small copper coins and the lowest value in Jesus' day. Well, have you ever been given a gift that has been of a, quite a low monetary value, really? But it's been so precious to you because it was given with great love. Anyone had any kind of gifts like that? Or I just no, unless it costs a lot of money, it's no good. No, Andrew, yeah, he's saying yes, yeah. Several of us, I am sure. Yes, I remember being given some very precious gifts. Um, I was given a a little heart, a hanging heart, and someone, it was Joseph's girlfriend, Grace, actually, and she had stitched on it some cherry blossoms. And uh, she'd given that to me for my birthday, and most and people who know uh, me a little bit know that I love the cherry blossom, particularly this time of year as it's coming out, and that was really special. So it maybe didn't have a lot of monetary value, but it was very, very precious to me because it had been given with great love and great thought. Meals have been given to us. When I was ill and had surgery a couple of years ago, we had some meals delivered and it was just a real special um, gift that was given because it was given from the heart. And uh, an even better one was Not that there's a comparison, but someone paid for a cleaner. That was fantastic. (laughs) So what a special gift uh, that we can receive that might not be um, of huge monetary value, but we know it's had a lot of thought and it's been given with a big heart. One in particular stands out to me, though, because I can still picture my little nephew, um, Mark, this is my brother's boy, when our boys were young, and uh, we would go and visit them. They've always lived a long way from us, um, but we would have some holidays together because he had two boys, I had two boys, and so they used to have some great fun together when they were little. And we went down to see them in Cornwall, and uh, my little nephew, Mark, as we were leaving, because we don't see them that often, we'd been with them for a week, we were just getting in the car, and he came running out at the, at the top of his speed as fast as he could with great enthusiasm and determination um, to catch us before we set off with a picture that he'd drawn of us all together because he 
appreciated the fact that we'd all been together and had such a good time. He appreciated our relationship and he wanted us to know that and to show that to us. And that has stuck in my mind because although it wasn't of great value, was it? It was of huge value as regards to the heart and the passion that it was given. Well, we've got a story today about a woman in the Bible who was showing that same kind of heart and that same kind of passion. And she is a widow, the widow who gave the two mites, the two small copper coins. And we're going to read that story in a moment. I just want to say uh, a little shout out to um, some of the senior single ladies who are in our congregation. Some of them are here today and uh, we just acknowledge you and some of them are watching online and uh, I just want to say hi to our mums, my uh, Jean and Janet and to Betty as well and I want to tell you Betty if you're listening I hope she's listening because sometimes she gets distracted but my mum says she will be listening on the phone what she does is my mum gets it on her tablet and Betty doesn't have a tablet or internet so she gets on the phone and listens on the phone as my mum is it's like it's like you know secret service stuff or something I don't know but they managed to do it so if you're listening Betty I want to tell you that I'm wearing my pink shoes that were from the charity shop uh, in honor of the cherry blossom all right she'll she'll appreciate that But we just honour some of these women, don't we, who are faithful, who are committed, who continue to love Jesus and love us as a church as well. So a big shout out to them. Let's just pray together before I just read this story to us. Lord, we just ask that what we share together today would be a reflection of your heart, of what you want for each one of us, how you want us to uh, handle our money and how you want us to uh, just consider uh, what we do with it and how we honour you. Lord, we pray that anything uh, that is causing us difficulty, that you would help us overcome those difficulties and, Lord, you will help us be in a place where... uh, Things are in right alignment regarding money in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the story is in Luke 20, and uh, we pick it up. It starts off in Luke 20, and we pick it up at verse 45, and then we carry on into Luke 21 to verse 4. Some of it will come on the screen when we get to chapter 21, but I'm going to start from... 2045. While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. And then as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. 
Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting in all she had to live on. Jesus called out on this occasion those that were looking like they were doing the right thing and being the most generous, the seemingly most important and the most impressive. And in true Jesus style, in his in the topsy-turvy kingdom that he rules and reigns over, he said, whoa, hang on a minute. This woman has actually given more than all of these who are parading and who are, who are promoting themselves because they've given great amounts. And he highlighted the person who truly was giving with real passion and really where the real treasure was to be had. He highlighted the widow who just gave two coins, the smallest denomination. But he highlighted her because she had given from her heart. Nicky Gumbel used a quote in his Bible in one year. The other week I noticed it. It says, God's not interested in the size of your wallet, but in the size of your heart. You see, we can have a tiny wallet, <laughs> a tiny bank balance, a tiny income, but have a huge heart. Or we can have a huge wallet, a huge income, a huge bank balance, and have a tiny heart. And what impresses God the most, clearly, is the person with the huge heart. What was it then about this widow that made her that morning get up, go, and give to the temple? These were her last coins. This was all she had to live on, is what the Bible tells us. Well, clearly, she was a woman who had got her priorities right. She wanted, first and foremost, to do what was right for God. She had chosen that she was going to put God first he was going to be through every part of her life and she was going to honor him no matter what. Clearly, for someone to give everything that they'd had, they, we can't sort of come to any other conclusion, can we? That she was a woman who loved God with all her heart. And she clearly knew that everything is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, as Psalm 34 tells us. She would have been a woman who was familiar with the temple teachings. She would have repeated the prayer that um, John Andrews was speaking to us about last year, I believe, a whole year ago uh, in the Lent series before Easter. The Shema. She would have repeated that daily. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. The Lord is God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
the first commandment to love the Lord with everything that we have and everything that we are. Put him first. Have him as your top priority. Have him as priority in every area of your life. She was a woman who clearly had got her priorities right, whose priority was was to love God first and to honor him and to worship him, regardless of what was going on in her circumstances. Wow. She's an incredible example, would you agree? (laughs) And uh, someone who maybe most of us really would struggle to live up to, but Jesus is picking her out. Look and learn, he says. Look and learn. Here is someone to take notice of. Secondly, she would have been a woman who um, would have also have adopted good, godly practices. She would have been someone probably who, would have, who has done this for many, many decades. Week in and week out, she just continued to be a faithful woman, fulfilling her commitments, outworking her faith. We heard about that in the Bible story this morning. Putting her faith into action. She faithfully fulfilled her commitments day in and day out. And money, giving her money as part of that faithful commitment was just one of the ways, I'm sure, that she had developed faithful, good practices. She didn't give up when things got tough. She determined that even though things were tough, she was going to keep on doing what she knew what was right. She just kept on going. Faithfulness and commitment can be so underrated, can't it? But they are so, so important in society and in our walk with God and in our outworking of our faith. She had adopted faithful, committed practices. And so it was just second nature for her to get up, even though she had, this was the last that she had to live on, but she was going to go and she was going to give. Challenging stuff, isn't it? She was seeking to honor God first and foremost, and she had she was willing to keep doing what she knew the right thing was to do. I'm sure then, thirdly, that she had a right perspective about her money. So here was a woman who had put her faith and her trust, not in her money, but in the God whom she loved and whom she served. She'd got her perspective right about actually who provides. She knew it was the Lord our God. The Lord is one. He is king. He is ruler. He is sovereign. He is the one who holds all this world together. He is the one who gives me life, who gives me breath. He is the one who owns all this earth, all that I have and all that I am. 
And actually, he's the one who provides. He's the one who uh, gives me the ability to earn the money that I do receive in order to meet some of the needs that I have. But ultimately, he is the one in whom I can look to to provide for my needs. Her faith and her trust was in God, not in money. Her heart was steadfast, knowing that my, her life was given to God. Therefore, he would provide for her. She had a trust in God because she knew his heart was a heart to do her good and to enable her to live the life that he had planned for her to live. And she must have too appreciated, because this was still a moment of um, perhaps some risk and some uncertainty, some slight doubt there might be that maybe I won't receive a meal today or tomorrow or the next day. But she was still trusting that whatever came her way, her God was going to be the one who had the final say. And he was going to be the one who ultimately, even beyond this life, I'm sure she had a perspective that looked into eternity. She could look forward even to a heavenly home where the riches are beyond compare. She knew that as her faith was tested, as she continued to fulfill her commitments, as she was faithful in walking the life and living the life uh, of honoring God, that she would receive a heavenly reward, which is what the scriptures tell us. So her eyes were lifted from her current circumstances. They were lifted to an eternal, everlasting, loving God who she trusted he would, he could provide, and he may provide, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to trust him. Wow. What a woman. Isn't that incredible? What a woman of faith. What a woman of courage. What a woman who was shining bright with a heart that was just seeking to do the right thing before God. So how did Jesus respond? Where did this get this woman? Well, he noticed her, didn't he? Normally, a woman, particularly, coming to the temple in that day, firstly, wouldn't have been recognized, wouldn't have been particularly applauded for anything that she was doing. And also the fact that she was only giving two coins because they were in the habit of parading the people who gave the most. <laughs> and, and apparently, um, you know, there might have even been some fanfare going on, some trumpets being blown. Here we go. Here's, here's whoever it was, Ebenezer. Here he comes in his flowing robes. Let's give him a fanfare. He's got 60,000 pounds to put in the offering. Do, 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 do. <laughs> he was a billionaire anyway. So, I mean, you know, it was a big amount, but 
wasn't that much to him, really. She, nothing like that. Two little coins. There she was. Her last money. I'm going to just trust God anyway. I love God. He loves me. I'm going to trust myself to him. Clink. But the fanfare happened. The fanfare happened in heaven. The fanfare happened in Jesus' heart. He said, I've noticed you. Look at this woman, he said to the disciples. She's the one to be applauded. She is the one who has made heaven rejoice and heaven sing. And no doubt, when she did finally get into a heavenly reward, whoa, what a party they would have thrown for her. She got Jesus' attention because her heart was sold out for him. That delighted his heart. And he made her an example for the rest of eternity. And here we are talking about her today. Never again would that woman go unnoticed. Jesus had recognized her and seen her and applauded her. He praised her. He lifted her up. He honored her. In Jesus' topsy-turvy kingdom, that's often what happens. The unseen, the secret devotion. You see, the Bible tells us that Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that's what matters to him the most. What's in your heart? How are you handling money? How, how am I handling money in my heart? Am I putting my trust in it first and foremost before God? That's easy to do, isn't it? Especially when we have a bit. Wow, it's really challenging. But we need to address our hearts and we need to assess what's going on and surrender our hearts and the things that are close to our hearts. Money, one of them. That's why Jesus talked about it so much. Because he knew it was so close to people's hearts. Because that's what he's interested in. Our hearts. Because he knows if he has our hearts, then we are changed and the world is changed. And his kingdom comes here on earth, which is always his desire to bring his kingdom, his ways, his life, his resource here on earth. Did she get another meal? The Bible doesn't tell us. But what do you think? I do too. Jesus couldn't have pointed her out, could he? And then left her to die without another meal. I don't think that would have been 
the way in which he was trying to teach his disciples. In fact, we know, we know that the Old Testament law spoke about uh, the, the temple being a provision the, the, the money coming in being a provision for the widows, for the foreigners, for the orphans, for those that needed provision. In those days, they wouldn't, there wouldn't have been any, uh, you know, widow's benefit or all those kind of things that people are entitled to today. There was nothing. There was no provision like that. So Jesus would have followed that because he was fulfilling the law. And then we, we see that he, uh, he even resourced widows. He brought a, a woman's son back to life again because she was, he was her only son. And he, she, he would have been the person bringing in the income for the household. He had compassion. And he put his, his words into action by providing for people who needed he provided for his own mother when he was dying on the cross by asking his uh, fellow disciple, John, to take her as his own and look after her. And then we see the disciples in the Acts of the Apostles, some wonderful, wonderful stories of, of how they, as a church, um, they provided. They set up, set up tables and they served meals like we do at Open House and they, and they set up people who were designated to serve meals to the needy, to the widows particularly. Those who had nothing in that, in that day. So I think, Celia, they gave her a meal. They sorted her out. They gave her some resource. And that's good, isn't it? And that was right. And that was proper to do. But the fact is, this woman did it without actually knowing if that was going to happen. She had that much honor and love and faith and trust in God. She just wanted to do the right thing. How amazing. So what about us? How can we respond what should we do in order to readdress perhaps our priorities put in place good practices and have a right perspective on money before God well I want to encourage us that when we give that we make sure we engage our hearts and not just a few sort of taps on a computer. If you give by standing order, that's fantastic. Giving here uh, into the local church, uh, that's part of God's plan uh, so that his kingdom and his word can go forth. There are other places you might give too into things that are building God's kingdom. But I want to encourage us to make sure we do it with our hearts. Make sure... Make sure we have a desire to bless God, to please him, to give him something um, that really shows that we love our relationship with him, that, that this relationship with him is the most important thing that we could ever have and enjoy and that we're actually going to trust him with our whole lives. And what I give 
is actually showing you that my trust is not in my money, but it's in God. So let's engage our hearts to a loving God who loves us so passionately and so wants our hearts to be hearts um, that are healthy and hearts that are not mean and stingy, which happens when we get our perspective wrong. Because if we love money more than we love God, then we're doomed, really. Because we're not seeking the one who can truly give us life in all its fullness in every area of our lives. We are depriving ourselves of that fellowship with him. I want to encourage each one of us to offer everything that we have, every area of our life surrender it to God all our resource for his kingdom now that doesn't mean that we're all called to give our very last coins in every offering that comes round but we are offered we are called to surrender and to offer every part of our lives before God. To say everything that I am, all my capacity, all my capability, all the ability that I, I have to earn, all the, that I've got in my savings, all my income, all my you know, plan for my future, my pension, all those things, my house, whatever I've got. You've given it to me, God. <laughs> you gave it to me. I wouldn't have it if he didn't allow it in my life. And so it's yours. Whatever you want to do with it, God, lead me, guide me. Let me not have a heart that is hanging on to those things. And therefore, that's hindering my relationship with you. Because if I'm hanging on to that, I'm loving that more than I'm loving you. And that ruins everything. Help us, God. Let's thank God that he provides for us and trust him with our needs. You know, as a church family, I love, I love the fact that the New Testament was providing for people in need. And that's what we're meant to do as church. You know, we're not meant to be a community of fear, people living in fear. That I've got to hang on to this, because if I don't have this, I might not have anything. God wants us to be a community that love and support one another and help one another. We read that too, don't we, in the New Testament, in the Acts of the Apostles, or the, how, the, how the believers supported one another and sold pieces of land and... It was distributed to those in need. There's lots of challenge for us, isn't there? But the key thing is, is that we surrender our hearts. We surrender the things close to our heart. And quite often that's so often our finance and our resource. 
and we offer it before God for his glory, for him to use as he seems fit so that he is honored. We are blessed. We will be blessed beyond measure. And maybe not in material terms. Maybe we will. Some people can. God doesn't love you any less or any different. We have to, we have to be content with what God has put in each and every one of our lives. Some are maybe called to have six or seven houses and to make money and some are called maybe just to rent a flat and to hardly have any extra money but the key is is what each person has in their heart about what they've got how are they handling what they've got for that person who's got a lot, like Sam said right at the beginning, it can be hard because they've got a lot more to think about. <laughs> but it can be good as well, so good. Because that can be such a blessing and a resource in so many different ways. But God doesn't love us any different. He loves us all the same. Look how he applauded this woman who was at death's door because he was looking at her heart how do we handle what we've got can we present it before our God lay it at his feet and allow him to do what he wants to do provide for us in the way he wants to provide so that we give glory and honour to him and how can we look out too for the needs of one another and support one another so that fear doesn't rule and reign in our lives? I'm going to finish with a final scripture in Luke 12. This is Jesus again speaking to his disciples. so often speaking about trusting in him rather than in our material wealth then Jesus said to his disciples therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or about your body what you will wear for life is more than food and the body more than clothes consider the ravens they do not sow or reap they have no storeroom or barn yet God feeds them and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagans uh, run after all these things, and your father knows that you need them, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom.
sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray together. Lord God, we offer ourselves to you. So often there are struggles with what we put our faith in. And money is one that it's so easy for us to be depending on. And our faith is really tested. But we want to be a people whose faith and actions match up. Who can really put our trust in you. And with all the resource that we have, that we can offer it to you as part of our worship saying whatever you want to have done with it, Lord, have your way. And may your kingdom come here on earth. Thank you that you want to give us your kingdom. Thank you you want to see your kingdom here on earth as in heaven. And we haven't seen hardly anything of that yet, but we want to see more. And so, Lord God, we want to be people who align ourselves with your heart give us hearts lord god to please you to bless you to bless others but help us lord with our struggle too but may you be glorified as we give what you ask us to give we recognize we are all at different stages along the journey but lord may we Give what you've asked us to give and give it with a big heart, wanting to bless you and wanting to bless your kingdom. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.